0: I wish I could start a podcast like before the podcast starts because I feel like almost every time I have a guest that joins me, we're always having such an interesting conversation right before we hit record. So I'm gonna keep that conversation going because I loved uh, my guest here, Adam Roa, who's who's uh, who's been on this this show before. Um, is in Montreal doing a, a bunch of great stuff, working on uh, some some interesting things for 2020. And I won't go, get into too far of that, but we were just talking about, um, when you graciously brought up the intention of this being for the highest good of the planet. And I appreciate that because we were just talking about things like alternative milk and like the, the, the water cost of almonds and all the things that go with that. And I there's one thing that I really take from... Um, you know, you were at our our, our our latest mastermind that we did in Costa Rica about a year ago. And one of the things that you mentioned that you said so beautifully around the fire own point was around the ideas of apathy, right? That essentially one of the biggest dangers that we have in our world is that when we become apathetic to the way that the experience of others, the experience of others, not only being humans, but also animals, you know, the planet, that we essentially can fall into, um, hatred versus love how do you i mean talk to me more about that that apathy that you think is is sometimes hurting us is hurting our 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 ability to give a shit
1: (laughs) yeah i think that uh the enemy if we're going to even use that term i don't like to use that term but um the obstacle that we face the greatest one i think is apathy Mm -hmm. I i don't think it's actually um people it's it's easier to observe hatred and anger and these these sorts of volatile emotions and think we have to watch out for that. We have to watch out for the anger of of, um, Islamic radicals, or we Mm -hmm. have to look out for the hatred of racist cops or like whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Um, But hatred, anger, these sorts of things, these are these are expressions of deep feeling, of deep emotion. Mm. And so when someone's feeling a really deep emotion and they're expressing anger, hatred, whatever that might be, it's, it's showing that they're still willing to take action mm-hmm. that they think will move that emotion. Mm. and um, So with education, I believe that that action can be directed in a way that's more supportive to shifting this planet in in a really loving way, as long as they're still willing to take that action. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to apathy, what happens is now you have someone who literally has gotten to the point where they think that their action doesn't matter. Mm. They think that why get upset, like doesn't matter. Why vote doesn't matter, Mm -hmm. why this doesn't matter. And um, it's like trying to, if you had to move a giant boulder it's The hardest part is getting it rolling mm-hmm. from a dead stop. But if it's rolling and moving a little bit, it's it's exponentially easier. And I, I feel the same way about um, kind of the emotions that we're experiencing right now. I don't get uh, triggered by seeing angry mobs in the same way that other people do because I recognize that that means that people are still willing to change they mm. just they just may be uneducated or not even uneducated the education they have around what's causing the problem and how to solve it is uh misinformed in my opinion Hmm.
0: i love that i love the idea that it's like even if they're even if they're expressing it in a positive way or a negative way the fact that they are expressing it in any way means that they give a fuck mm-hmm. right and that they're showing up in some way shape or form maybe not the in the in the in the way that, uh, the, that the Bible would want you to show up or any religion or dogma would want you to show up in in some way, shape, or form. But it allows us to to recognize that there is maybe even hope in those kind of negative emotions.
1: Yeah, and, and what you just spoke to is, is my point around education, because a, a lot of what we're seeing on the planet right now, people would say is what their religion wants them to do. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like when we talk about uh, radical Islamists, when we talk about really like radical pro-life like Republicans for the most part or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. um, There are at the far end of that spectrum, definitely uh, religious undertones. So um, the interpretation of the Bible, the interpretation of the Quran, these are uh, where I feel like they feel like they're educated. Mm. I get messages all the time about from people who are asking me if I understand that Jesus Christ is the only way that I can be happy or my savior or any of these. I get a lot. A lot of that. A lot of that. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a message. I I wish I had my my phone's over there, but I had a message just like the other day, someone asking me, are you religious? And I said, no, I don't practice any particular religion. And they said, do you just believe that nothing happens after you die? And I said, no, I just don't. Think you need religion to believe that, or any, <laughs> anything else, mm-hmm. right? And but that person clearly has associated any uh, evaluation of spirituality, any evaluation of life after death, and mm-hmm. probably a lot of other aspects of their life to being based in religion. And I I find that to be really interesting, and, and that's why I say it's it's really an education um, issue. Um, and I also recognize that I don't necessarily think I'm right. Like my edge, what I'm educating on people right now, I'm technically educating people in a way I I'm, I'm professing what I believe in hopes that other people will take on some of my beliefs. Mm-hmm. I, that's, that is, that is why I speak the way that I do. So There's I'm some
0: level of preaching and everything you anyone says realistically. Well, yeah, yeah. We
1: are always trying to convert people to our view of reality. Mm-hmm. And so that doesn't mean that mine is right. I just have the type of mind where I've done a lot of thinking about it. And Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of self-reflection and I've done a lot of analyzing of the collective and different issues. And I feel like more often than not, I will meet someone and feel like I have some ideas and some practical solutions to what I feel like are some major issues that I think would work. Mm -hmm. And they may disagree, but often it's because they haven't put in the same amount of thought mm-hmm. or yeah. what what their basis is for their reality currently is based off some form of fallacy or something that's outdated or whatever, like when we, or a misinterpretation or not even a misinterpretation, but a dramatic interpretation of a, a, a religious text or the constitution or whatever. Totally.
0: And I, and I think a lot of this, I, I, it's funny. I actually, um, you know, there's Ricky Gervais, this comedian, and he's very well known as being an atheist, right? And he's gone on many public shows, and he's talked about all the different, you know, wh- why he's an atheist in some way, shape, or form. And, and I would say that I'm agnostic, so I'm not—I I'm not, I'm, don't know what I don't know, really. I don't know what to believe, right? But there was something interesting where he spoke about two core elements. One was most people's religion is given to them at a young age. So when they're, when they're told like, hey, the stove is hot and God exists and this is the God and all of those things that they can confirm to be true in other ways, and then they're thrown into that same mix with this is morality, this is the right God, this is the right way, that inherently they, there's no other way that they can be programmed at that moment and to decondition that or to kind of step into critical thinking in that, in that way is very, very, very difficult. And the other thing I thought that was brilliant is you know, I don't know, I mean, in everyone's mind, I'm sure there's different variations of gods, but over the years, through different religions, apparently there's been about 3,000 gods. And what Ricky said, what I thought was brilliant was, I'm denying only one more god than you. You're denying 2,999 gods if you believe in only a single god, and that god is the god, let's say, and I'm just denying one more. I just don't see the evidence for your specific case versus
1: that ne- next Rick, one, which is he's hilarious. The, yeah, he's, he's yeah. a brilliant individual. Totally. Yep. And what I would say is anyone who's an atheist is just as uh, ridiculous to me as someone who is an absolute, firm, this is the only way believer in God. Yeah. Because what you're saying is there is none yeah. with a certainty. Yeah. Like if you're an atheist, you're saying there is no God with a certainty that is exactly the same as someone saying there is. Yeah. Neither of you have Proof exactly of scientific proof. Neither both of you are going off of anecdotal evidence, mm-hmm. and so I think the the only actual space that has any sort of um, rationality to it is being like, I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I do know that my life looks this way when I have this belief, or this way when I don't, or I see the ways that this belief serves me, or it doesn't, and um, so that's where I disagree with anyone who's an atheist because. Um, absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. Totally. And so uh, there is a lot of evidence for the existence of some sort of consciousness beyond what we can see or even con- un- consciously understand. Mm-hmm. If we just label that God, that divine intelligence, that thing that just makes the, is the fabric of all of this that we can't really understand, and we just call that God, I believe in that mm-hmm. 100%. I
0: mean, there has to be some force
1: thats that we'll never
0: be able to explain. Because even if we can explain one, then what explains the, the, the thing that created that force in, in some way, shape, or form, right? And it's you like,
1: go into the, like... Oh, yeah, sorry, go and ahead. I was just going
0: to say that, and that's the God of the gaps, right? Like, there's there's always yeah. a gap in our knowledge, and there's only some... The only thing I can kind of prove right now is that I'm here and I'm speaking to you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I can't really say where I came from. Well, that's the whole, that's the whole point, right? I I, I, I can only... Say that right now my consciousness is currently in this state. What mm-hmm. this state is, am I like a little tiny atom upon a, a universe of a much bigger version? Is it a multiverse? Is there all kinds of different things that are going on? I mean, fuck me if I know, you know what I mean? Yeah. But- and,
1: and if you, if you sympathize, if you can just go to like this table or our skin or whatever, and you get into like the quarks and the plonks or whatever, you get them really down to the smallest unit, there's still space between them. Yeah like there's still what is that space what is the fabric what is holding this all together mm-hmm. um and the the thing that makes this all run we we're in a mathematical universe like this thing is algorithmic mm-hmm. it's it, the the everything that's going on right now there in my mind there is a mathematical computation that could explain how it works but it's so complex and infinitely intricate that our, like, we just couldn't – there's nothing – it's almost like, I don't know, within the matrix, for example, mm-hmm. there's just no way to compute – or have computing power that can understand the matrix mm-hmm. you can't create it Which from within not enough. it yeah exactly yeah right the, mm-hmm. the parameters of existence would indicate that you can't have the thing understand its existence Itself. from within side of it totally but that doesn't imp doesn't mean that it's not like
0: useful to pontificate to yeah. try to understand further so on and and so, on.
1: and so with all of those patterns and all of the geometry and all of the math that describes it i'm like how did how did that happen mm-hmm. like what set that in motion that this isn't just All completely random. Mm. Where did that come from? Mm -hmm. And I believe in a lot of crazy stuff, man, because I've had a lot of crazy stuff happen in my life. And the thing is, we create our reality through the lens that we wear. So if I believe in some divine intelligence and some guidance and some intuition and some all these parallel realities and blah, 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 if it's, it will have an impact on me. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's, you don't need to look any further than if you believe in a God, there is. Plain and simple. If you operate in a way where you believe that there is a God that is having some impact on your life, that becomes true. Mm-hmm. Which is which also becomes true that you are, in a sense, impacting.
0: It's almost like you are you are that God in some way, shape, or form, too. By if if your choice and your belief kind of informs your reality, then, then you are participating in the creation of that reality in some way, shape or form. So there's like a greater intelligence potentially that is making all of this happen. And I'll, I'll attest to the fact that in my life, there's clearly a greater intelligence that's making something beautiful happen. You're welcome. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, but I, I, I wanted to ask you about, you know, a large, portion of let's say 2019 Mm -hmm. um and and kind of leading up to 2019 and and kind of you and i connecting and meeting was you were informed by a guidance of what is it like to choose love Mm -hmm. right and that was just a quick recap just tell me how you got to the creating that (laughs) as an ethos because some people see it as like oh that was a show i don't see that as a show like the show was just a byproduct of you um documenting the process but you made a choice somewhere in there to move away from apathy to move away from like disconnection in some way shape or form and to say hey i need to be able to find and choose love even in the in the most beautiful spots it's easy to do right see a beautiful sunset easy but do that in the hardest of ways in the hardest of, of places in the and the depths what would you say you've learned through the art of choosing love and and that mm-hmm. kind of I don't want to say even an experiment. I think it's, it's probably still with you, but I would love to know what you take away from it.
1: Yeah, for people who aren't familiar, I I went through a breakup after 10 years together, mm-hmm. um, and it was really unexpected. I th- I mean, we were talking about having a baby. It was, I, outside of the first six months of our dating relationship, I never once thought about breaking up. Mm. I thought this is the person I'm spending the rest of my life with. And that was just so whenever we got into arguments or anything, it wasn't like is this off? Is this wrong? It was like how are we working through this because we're spending the rest of our life together? I love you more than anything I've ever loved in my life. And so when that kind of unexpected breakup happened, um I was meditating the next day and this message came through to film everything. <laughs> just film everything. And I have a background as a filmmaker, and I hired my, some friends, and they brought cameras, and we literally just started filming. And we filmed for six months. So I flew cameraman to Hawaii. Then we went to Florida Mm -hmm. and then to uh, Colorado. We did all that before I even knew what we were filming Mm -hmm. for six. It took us six weeks to know what we were actually making. I was just filming everything. And it was primarily me crying. It was me crying. Like, what am I doing? (laughs) This is so like, what is going on? Because my entire world was turned upside down. Mm -hmm. And what, what I, um, it evolved into is understanding when I was on tour for my spoken word poetry show, permission to think freely, um, people were coming up to me afterwards and they were giving me such, such thanks and appreciation because the message of everything that I do is, is about self love. I believe that pretty much every issue that you are having as an individual and collectively, we can bring down to some form of self love and worthiness Mm -hmm. conversation. And so people were coming up and saying, thank you so much because I've been hearing this message to love myself, but I didn't, I don't know what that means. Mm. And I recognized that I was in this bubble of personal development as this life coach and these things. And in Southern California amongst these conscious communities that that have cuddle puddles and (laughs) sharing circles. Mm -hmm. And for most of the world, when you say love yourself more, they have no idea what to tangibly do to actually take action on that. Mm-hmm. And that was eye-opening for me. And I recognize that even in like my breakup, for example, we were both choosing love. Any situation, any situation, love is not empirical. There is not a this is love or this isn't. There is, from my perspective, this is love and this isn't. And from your perspective, this is love and this isn't. And from someone watching us, this is love and this isn't. And there's like, you could have a 100 people have a 100 different views of what love is in a particular situation, what the loving choice is. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was a number of things. Primarily, it was me saying that I feel so certain that I have done the work, I have done the self reflection I've done the plant medicine ceremonies I've done it where I feel really confident that I am leading my life embodied in love I believe that in every situation every single moment of my life I am choosing love to the best of my ability at 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 like a high level like it is very much a part of my ethos and mm-hmm. what I stand for and you've seen me in some intense situations actually and mm-hmm. and I, I feel like you see how I show up and, and, and hopefully would agree with that. And so instead of trying to say, this is how you guys should live, I was like, let's put a camera on the most difficult chapter of my life I've ever experienced and show how I'm choosing love in these moments for myself and for in these situations. Because if I can just show how I'm thinking, I'm teaching someone to fish. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, here's a fish, do this. I'm teaching them how to find it for themselves because it's yeah. not empirical. It has to
0: almost be witnessed. It can't, it can't just be like, it's not like a help video on YouTube where it's like, take this step, take this step, take this step, go to the spa and you've chosen love. It's not, it's not really like that. Mm-hmm. And, and different people are facing different situations and different kind of um, programming or, you know, years and years and years of, uh, I don't know, PTSD is not solvable in just a couple of choices. It's really a process
1: in and of itself yeah and it became this YouTube show called "The Art of Choosing Love," mm-hmm. that still exists out there if people want to find it. and, and it was it, it continues to be something that I get messages from people who are like, "Wow, I, I can so relate to this and understand this." And I think that when we look at leaders of consciousness uh, and and thought leaders. Mm-hmm what is valuable from those thought leaders is not their thoughts themselves i think what is most valuable from the thought leaders is how they arrived at those thoughts mm-hmm. because it's like so generally like, we're equating this to sports most of the time the best athletes on the planet the best at like like michael jordan mm-hmm. is not going to make a great coach mm-hmm. because he just can do things that the average person cannot do. Mm-hmm. And because of that, he, the way that he approached the game is just different than than most people. The best coaches are the ones who weren't necessarily the best athletes who had to really figure out how to do it technically and like get the most out of themselves. Mm-hmm. And so they're able to reverse engineer what they did and, translate that to a wider array of people. And I think that the same thing can be said for these leaders of consciousness, these thought leaders, is like your brain, like Marcangelo, your brain is not the average brain. Like you are a freaking genius in a lot of ways, man. And so, I appreciate that. And so if you just taking your thoughts, like now, you, now to follow you, we're just sheep. But if you can reverse engineer it to a way where I can understand how you got to that, I can now um, have the skill set and the tool set of how to look at a situation in the future on my own mm-hmm. and continue to to have those sorts of um, tools under my tool belt. It, it's an amazing
0: thing that you said that, um, because I'm in the process of like basically actively doing that. That's what Subzero Academy, and it, it really is. It's like I found a way to be self-empowered in my own passions and that for me looks like entrepreneurship but that's just a title that's almost like a job title but it's not really what i do it's i am passionate and therefore i am studious and therefore i i see logic and i am able to create connections and take risks that i've calculated in some way shape or form and that's why i'm an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. right i'm not an entrepreneur just because i was like born with it in some way shape or form and i think somebody like a gary v will say like look you either have it or you don't in some ways and i think part of that is true right like back to the michael jordan example is like if you're if you're like four foot six and, and you want to make it in the nba the likelihood that that's just going to work just doesn't it just doesn't work out right there's certain things there's certain body types there's certain elements that you're blessed with and then other elements that are other forms of competitive advantages so that's why you said like Sometimes it's not the most able player from a physical perspective, it's the most able player from a mental perspective. Those who can see the game ahead of the game can compete in a different way, even though they can't um, you know, dunk in the same way, for example, on a basketball court. And the process of what it took for me to get here, I thought was much simpler. And I was like, oh, I could package it and make it do it a course like, like everyone else did and 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 I saw value in that, and I saw that it could be financially beneficial, all those things. But for me, it's really a quest to in some ways, it's a quest of immortalization. It's like if I could take my frame of thought and let it live beyond me, then I'm doing the same as what uh, Albert Einstein did, for example, right? Creating theories and kind of building uh, a pathway for people to understand more of the world around them. In this case, it's really understanding more of the world inside of you. And if I could attribute, and I'll ask you this question, if you could attribute like one training, one thing that you think unlocks some of the other elements, what would you say that is? And I, I know Plant what medicine. my answer is. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> Plant yeah. medicine. Without yeah. a quite, like it's a no, journey within.
1: There is no doubt in my mind the single most transformative uh, experiences that I have had, if I can attribute to one thing is plant medicine. And that is because like, let's just go into this. So people are like, let's go into the science behind it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What is happening is you are unlocking neural pathways in your brain Mm -hmm. in a way that has never been unlocked before, which means you will see patterns that you have never seen before, which means that you will have access to seeing the world differently than you've ever seen it before, plain and simple. Go and look up the research of what they're doing with people in CAT scans on or fMRIs or whatever it yep. is on their brain while mm-hmm. they're taking psychedelics. Your brain lights up differently than it does otherwise. Mm-hmm. And when I say plant medicines, I'm talking about altered states of consciousness because mm-hmm. you can do it through breath work. You can also do true. it through um, like... It, Vipassana meditation. Like you can do it in a lot of different ways to alter your state of consciousness because what's happening in your altered state of consciousness is an altered brainwave state. It's an altered, your brain is working differently. Mm-hmm. But if you are not finding ways to alter your state of consciousness, you are you are stuck in a hamster wheel of, of the way that you see the world. Totally. Plain and simple. And that's why travel it's such a big one too. You want a simple one? Like you you have some stories in your head about plant medicine or whatever, or you don't have the patience for breath work or whatever it is, mm-hmm. like go travel. Go put yourself physically in places you've never been before, in cultures you've never experienced before. Mm-hmm. It'll do a similar thing. Mm-hmm. It's just important that people um, give themselves an opportunity for their brains to work differently.
0: Yeah. 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 And I think on a physical level, it's the work differently. And from like an emotional level and maybe a, a mental level or an intellectual level, as you, sh- as that happens within you, in the chemistry of you, you are perspective shifting and through different perspectives, can you see yourself and therefore the world in a different way, right? Like I can see the world in a very ugly way when I see certain perspectives on what is happening on the day, nightly news. Right. And that perspective is just kind of fed to you and it's fed to you in the same format that's working over and over and over again. And, and it's, it's almost like a junkie being addicted to that. Paying attention to the news as a whole is us being addicted to a frame of mind and even a frame of understanding, right? The way that it's said, the way that it's communicated, how the, the camera angles switch, the, the, the speed at which it's communicated. All mm-hmm. of those things, regardless of the content, are mm-hmm. part of the message, right? And for me, plant medicines—I don't know. Like, I, I agree that you can alter your state with like breathwork and all those things. I don't know that I would ever try those things or even believe in those things if it weren't for my fact—the fact that I had tried different plant medicines. But that's because plant medicines are easy. Well, yeah, well, they're, like, they're, they're, they're i ha- mean, they yes. can be tough to do. But totally. what I mean
1: is like, eat this thing exactly, drink this thing. It's a forced perspective, then, then you're sure. in. right? Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Breath work is a like wildly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm intense hours long experience to, mm-hmm. to have. That. And so, I mean, it doesn't have to be, but if you do five minutes of breath, like like five minutes of breath work for me is so painful. It it it's, it's really like, can be. Yeah. When I do my breath work, I was talking to someone the other day. Um, Cause every once in a while, if I'm going to bed, for example, and I'm in a, I'm, I'm going in my head about like my ex-girlfriend or something. And this breakup that has been so incredibly difficult for me mm-hmm. and, and surprising in that way. But um, the, What I'll do before I go to bed is like, I can't, I can't, I won't be able to fall asleep here. Or if I do fall asleep, the dreams that I'm going to have, I don't want to have. So I need to change my state. I get to change my state before I go to sleep. And like breath work is something that I'll use sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'll do like 60 seconds, you know what I mean? 60 seconds and then just allow that. Five minutes for me is a lot. The the I don't know what it is. I have a resistance to it, like pushing through that threshold, but I have so many friends that love it, mm-hmm. that want to go for an hour-long breathwork. I'm like, every time I do an hour-long breathwork, bro, I'm crying my eyes out. I'm like, so much happens. But it's intense. I never regret it, but it is intense. It makes me feel like, I mean, we're going to go to the cold plunge after this, right? We're going to go to the spa and cold plunge and stuff. And before I step into that cold plunge today, like the one they have on the roof of this spa mm-hmm. outside or mm-hmm. whatever and it's snowing right now and i'm i'm there's a part of me that's like, i don't want to do this <laughs> i don't want to do this and i feel totally. the same way about about breathwork and and these various things plant medicine has a lower barrier to entry yep. um in terms of just physically just doing it i think the barrier to entry is a collective programming around it being a drug being dangerous being illegal being Whatever these things are. Mm -hmm. And I ask people all the time, like my mom, uh, I would ask her, if it was legal, would you do it? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, it's like, okay, do you know why it's illegal? Do you know how it became illegal? Do you agree with every other law? Do you break any laws at all? Do you feel like you have any gray zone with like the speed limit? Do you feel like you have any gray zone with like, you women just got the right to vote during like not that long ago. Mm -hmm. So, was when was you weren't fair? allowed yeah. to, when, when you weren't allowed to vote, is that cool? Like you're mm-hmm. good. You're like, you know what? That's the law. Like that's the way it should be. Or did you question that? Mm-hmm. The, the legal system as being an indicator of what is good moral, for you or moral, moral yeah. is a, is a terrible mm-hmm. thing to use as a compass. <laughs> mm-hmm. So would you sorry. say that
0: your, your mom or your family, let's say is concerned about your use of plant medicine. Cause I would say mine is. Like I think my, my, like when I told my parents that I do psychedelics, they were, they were like legit concerned. They're like, Oh my God, is he addicted? And, and I know they asked my brothers behind the camera here running the podcast. I know they asked him about it. Like, I know they're like, Oh my God, you think like Mark's okay. And, and I'm, I'm not doing like hard drugs in terms of like, um, cocaine or any of those things. It's not like, I don't, for me, plant medicine is not addictive at all. Uh, I do enjoy and I do regularly seek the perspective shift but n- not regularly in the sense that it 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 enhances my life in every aspect for me. Do you feel that um, others in your family and your upbringing are concerned about your use of plant medicine? Not anymore. Yeah,
1: not anymore. I've had family members do it. Oh, I'm, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a bridge. <laughs> yeah. But the but like the um, I would say that when I was younger and doing. Uh, like I did mushrooms for the first time when I was like 18 years old or mm-hmm. something. Just put it on some pizza, ate the pizza, and then the world had melted. my mind <laughs> trip. I remember, I remember looking at a pillowcase. I was looking at this pillowcase, and it had all these little threads in it. Mm-hmm. And then there was this one thread, and then I was like pulling, I pulled it out, and then I looked at it, and I went, "Oh my god, only these threads right here even know that that thread's missing." <laughs> the threads over (laughs) on the other side of this pillow have no idea that that thread's gone. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't be this thread Mm. when I'm gone. I want the whole pillow to know, like I want to have impact. I want to be woven into the fabric of this whole thing so that it feels like I matter as a thread. Mm. And it was the thing that got me to eventually leave the path I was on and pursue acting because I felt like acting was the way for me to make a bigger impact. Mm -hmm. And so, it was and when huge, and it's also
0: culturally the the thing that that the most famous people that we knew at that time were generally actors, right? Yeah, like, they were they, for, they
1: were United in the United States actors are celebrities. That's exactly that's our, our royalty. Exactly, your like,
0: version of stardom is acting at that moment. And I
1: felt like I needed stardom to make impact. That was the association. That I, I felt was the same way. Yeah, I
0: think I've gone through the same pattern, and it's changed for me now. And I would love to know how it's changed for you.
1: Well, and and so to finish that thought. I did it at 18 Mm -hmm. when I'm 18 years old and I'm doing mushrooms and I'm, I'm screwing around and I'm like watching movies while on them or playing in the mirror on them Mm or whatever it is. It's a different experience. I'm still having depth of thought. That's why I kept going back to it. But the, when I'm doing that and my parents are seeing me, you know, also drinking and I got into heroin for a little bit and these things like When I just throw that out there, (laughs) but like, I, it was a different thing, but all of a sudden I was, I, my parents came to visit me in California where I'm living in this ocean view home. I'm creating really beautiful impact, um, and putting out positivity. I'm in a loving, committed relationship of at the time, I think we'd been together like eight and a half, nine years thinking about having babies, uh, I'm I'm doing well in all of the success metrics that, that they, they care about. Care about. Mm-hmm. Now, wait, how are you doing this? Plant medicine's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. You can't deny the results. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is really important for why I speak so openly about my use of plant medicine mm-hmm. is because you and I both know that m- I would say a large majority of the, like, tech startup companies and and the (laughs) like ceos of major major companies are using some form of psychedelics Mm -hmm. or have tried some form of psychedelics steve jobs was very um, open about lsd being one of the most transformative experiences of his life Mm -hmm. and like if we're not as leaders if we're not speaking about how valuable they've been to to our journey, I feel like it's an incredible disservice to try and tell people that they should do it without it. Like like, oh, I just I just happened to get here. No, I did I did I've done like 40 something ayahuasca ceremonies and 100 something mushroom ceremonies. Like those have played a major, major part role. in in who, becoming who I've become. Mm-hmm. And so it does a number of things. It it reprograms people into thinking, "Oh, well, he's not a a scumbag loser, homeless Nothing like, okay. Now they can't assume that if you do it, you will become that. You mm-hmm. can't anymore. I am proof, and you are proof that that's not the case. Yep. And it's also me saying you don't like. Here's a pathway. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what else to do, and you're really struggling, and, and whatever, like here's a pathway you may not have tried. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think that, I think
0: what you, what you believe you can find confirmation of, right? So I can find confirmation of people who are total idiots. Uh, that are essentially not caring about the world or maybe apathetic in some way, shape or form, whatever it is, who have also done mushrooms. And I can also find people who have done mushrooms and drastically shifted from a state like that into a state of higher consciousness for themselves. Right. Not from my own perspective, just even in their own admission of such. I think what, what's interesting is the mindset that is behind uh, someone like you that is saying, I want to have this impact, right? Like where do you think that comes from that, and I, I know that there's no one answer, but how does that continuously grow in you to say, I want to have a legacy, meaning I want when I, this thread leaves that all the rest of the threads are, are kind of aware and that that impact is kind of being had. And how would you define that more and more? Cause I feel like <sighs> I'm getting that question more and more. Like what is impact? yeah, like, what is, like, what does that mean further? Right. Cause it's like, I, I want, I love to break down things a little for, because it's so easy to say like, I'm dedicated to impact and, and sustainability. And, and I, you and I both know a ton of people who are essentially talking about it, a lot of this, right. And it's super easy to be, I don't know, in SoCal just being like, we need to have more trees and climate change is a problem. And then at the exact same time, just source all our food or all our all our our life from Amazon and, and, and uh, whole foods and all the different things that go with that. But the idea is impact is easy to speak about, but how is it kind of, what is the fabric and what is like the pattern that kind of gets you to make it? Cause I see you as a creator is Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say. And I think a a lot of people are talkers. They create some things like, yeah, everyone and their mom has a podcast and I'm part of that. (laughs) We're both part of that, that, that the, the deep family. dive,
1: the deep dive with Adam Rowe, shout out. Yeah, shout out shout to, to that. Out exactly. That. Links
0: in the comments, as you know. Um, but the, you know, where where are you kind of like? What are the metrics you are seeing for impact playing out?
1: Yeah, well, metrics are are difficult. Mm-hmm. Metrics are difficult because um, they are so devoid of feeling. Sure. <laughs> like when you get into met- it's like how much did my social media grow? How much did my videos how much reach did my videos get? Sure. How much money ROI did I make? How much money did I donate to charity? Like mm-hmm. whatever those metrics are, right? Yeah. For me it's you have to look at all of them. Mm-hmm. First of all, you you have from the metric standpoint cuz if you're not measuring it, you're not managing it. Mm-hmm. So it's important to at least understand that Um, Those metrics, theoretically, will all go up Mm -hmm. if your impact is going up. They're indicators. They're indicators, exactly. Mm -hmm. So um, I do look at those things. Mm -hmm. However, what I would say for me is is making true impact right now is feeling like I have a system in place and I don't have it yet. Like I'm, I'm, I'm getting it in place mm-hmm. to really take people from wherever they're at in their journey, and be able to support them in evolving in into a a happier, more prosperous version of themselves. Simplified, I want to help people understand how to love themselves more, and as the result of like my poem has been viewed like 200 million times, right? It's about mm-hmm. self-love. And Goldcast, shout out. Shout out to Goldcast mm-hmm. for putting that, that video out. Um, so that is impact. That's 200 million views. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of impact. But for me, that isn't the depth of impact. Yeah. So what I'm looking at is like, okay, all of these people – They're now, I'm getting messages. Every week I get messages still from people saying, how do I do it? How do I do it? So what did I do? I wrote a book. Mm -hmm. called Treat Yourself Like Someone You Love, Three Tools to Make Self-Love Easier, and just outlined the three tools that are the foundation of my self-love practice because I was sending these messages, like almost like a templated response. Like, hey, here's what you could do. And instead of doing that, let me actually put a book out and just say go get this book because I wanted that to be deeply impactful I made it free just pay for the shipping and you can have the book because people are writing to me cuz it's such an international audience and now there's people in Australia who are paying like $15 and the book is short simple sweet it's like 33 pages it's like I wanted it super easy to understand I'm like $15 for the book and they're like well it's it's like that's like the price of okay so let me make a digital version. Let me make an ebook version so that you can get it for like $4.99 or whatever it is and not pay $15 if you're overseas and have to pay for that shipping. That's me saying, how can I create? And I then someone reads that book and they're like, okay, meditation is a big one in that. Mm-hmm. Meditation is one of the first ones. Journaling mm-hmm. is the second one. And and movement, like actually moving your body is the third one. So Meditation. Some people always people write to me and they like, I don't know how to meditate. I'm like, okay, great. Let me make a guided kind of meditation. So I make my poem into a guided meditation version which just like piano music underneath it as if I'm speaking right into your ear. You can hear <laughs> that you are who you've been looking for. And that um, is, I'm like, if you don't know how to meditate, just listen to this in the morning with your eyes closed and still and just like listen to it as an affirmation. Great. You don't have a journal because you don't journal. Here's I made journals that say "Treat yourself like someone you love." right on the cover to remind you why you're journaling. Mm-hmm. And do you see what I'm saying? Like I just looked at what is the next step in someone's journey. How can I help them on this this path of evolution? Because and help them through their own
0: understanding of it. Yeah, I love I love your your recipe because what you're what you're really doing in like underneath meditation, which is a easy like it's, it's that's a good head bullet point, right? You'll see this in any I don't know Forbes article. What are, what's what are your morning routine? Like every you know famous person is essentially asked those different questions. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that the morning routine is something that you should you should take from other people. I think the idea of meditation behind that is you're taking this time to slow down, to think and to feel, and, and, and to, to combine a, and to combine those two things, and to create a relationship with yourself in and of itself exactly so you're by doing that you've already taken time which in and of itself is healing and helping you even if it's not helping you love yourself right away it's helping you understand yourself it's helping you see oh i'm doing nothing and this thought came up so it's not i wasn't just triggered by the world outside of me i was just here doing zero and this thing started to affect me or or I,
1: I start to feel this thing. See, and that though, mm-hmm. that is a jump. Yeah, like, like I would say most people, yeah. if they were to sit still and have that emotion come up, wouldn't do what you just did. One hundred percent. Like that is what I mean when I say m- what my what I feel like my gift is is in really seeing these steps and these pieces and the reverse engineering of human consciousness to the point where recognizing, like that's a Michael Jordan move. Like that, what yeah. you just did is a Michael Jordan move of like that you on to probably just take for granted. It's like, yeah, wow, look, this just came up. That person doesn't even get that far. Most people have this feeling and they're like this, like, ah, ah, and then they just, they, they, they stop, mm-hmm. right? Because they don't they don't make the association of how interesting that is that that showed up and then make the correlation of like, well, where did that come from? Or like, they don't Which know. Which is that. why
0: stacked with journaling, it's helpful. 100%. Right, because Cause I don't know that I, in my first meditations or in a younger version of me that I would have that thought today that I, that I would have today. So the journaling process in and of itself then helps more consciously less. So let's say, let's say it's less in the EQ, even though you're writing from an EQ kind of perspective, you're still writing it down kind of intellectually. So you're able to process it and you're able to reprocess it later. Right. But I think the, the which what you're basically saying though, is my Michael Jordan move is processing. And I think most that like the fact that I take the time to even process and calibrate and recognize that the answers that I'm seeking are oftentimes in just me shifting my own perspective or noticing my own perspective, noticing where it's helping me hurting me right like um the the thief of 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 joy is comparison of some sorts, right like but where am I doing that it's easy to to meme it's easy to like on Facebook, but where do I see that popping up and then oh shit i here I was, I got, I was graced with something amazing. Let's say the tea in my cup, and I'm like, yeah, but it could have been better, right? And then all of a sudden, I'm chasing after this this more egoic way of mm-hmm. having impact versus the more kind of the impact I really want to have is on me. And I know that if I'm impacting me deeply, then those who interact with me, or interact in my content, interact with anything I create, will also energetically see. Or experience elements of that impact. Not the full thing, but a little dose of it, right? And that's what your poem does and gets 200 million views, for example.
1: Yeah. Well, and the poem makes it really simple. The poem, literally the last line of the, of the poem. So start today, yeah. take a good long look in the mirror and say, mm-hmm. I am who I've been looking for. Mm-hmm. It gives them something to do. And I promise you, anyone who's listening to this, watching this, whatever, if you go into your bathroom and you stare at yourself in the mirror mm-hmm. and you say, I am who I've been looking for, and you do that a few times, and you say, I love you, I love you, and you do that a few times, you'll feel something. Mm-hmm. Something will happen. Mere work is incredibly powerful. So it gave people something to do. And the Michael Jordan move, if we're talking about that for you, is you something happens, you start processing it. Mm-hmm. However that looks, you start processing it. Yep. That is something that you and I both do, that that can be taken for granted when we realize that for other people they feel something, they they may avoid it. That may be yeah, actually be their go-to, and so they actually have to be taught to to process it, mm-hmm. how to process it, but even the instinct to process it, that is is something that that people can be um, helped through and supported with and and is a big part of what i believe is missing right now
0: and it translates through relatability right Mm -hmm. it translates through relatability this is why i think like like a tony robbins event is so successful is the way tony robbins does an event is not just i'm from the stage here's what i learned here's what you can do blah 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 blah. eventually somewhere in this event he picks someone what is the challenge you're going through now many people could relate to that challenge first Mm -hmm. of all right so beyond me giving you advice on the challenge Let's just relate with this one person and like feel for this person, even though it might not be my situation. And if it is my situation, I feel even deeper. Right. Mm-hmm. And the the taking of the time of listening, of hearing that person out, of just like acknowledging their emotion, acknowledging the feeling that they're having and then saying maybe this is a way that you can change that. And most of the time, you know, he leaves them in a state of like, you are the you are the difference that you can make in your life about this this issue, let's say. Um, and your commitment and certain things, you know, I, I won't go into the the neurolinguistic programming that Tony Robbins does in many ways, which is an underlying force of his genius. Um, <laughs> all that to be said, and that's his Michael Jordan move, in my opinion. But totally. or he's going to yeah.
1: grab your wrist, and he's going yeah. yeah, to ama- yeah, 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 yeah totally.
0: totally amazing. But the but the idea of that processing, what I like about that is, it is what I really focus on is not the transformation that one person has, it's that everyone listening now witnessed what they could do not everyone will do it but they could do it and it's showing that potential it's showing the alchemy live in person and then saying why don't you just take just a little bit of time to do this for your own ptsd it's the exact same problem for example right like why not create that space or create a container or even hire someone to just like literally ask you the same
1: questions well, that's why me. that's why I share the way that I do. Yeah, that's people say to me all the time. I'm so inspired by your vulnerability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like I don't, I've never seen anyone share like as openly as you do. Mm-hmm. The idea of putting a camera on myself, going through a breakup after ten years, literally the next day, basically, yeah, um, is is crazy to anyone who's been through like. I had friends who never said anything about the show then went through a breakup and then called me up and said, I can't believe what you did. The Mm -hmm. idea of putting a camera on me during what I'm going through is I wouldn't, i never. And, um, but the reason why I do that, the reason why I, I, when I was going through a really dark depression last year, Mm -hmm. I started talking about depression and what I was going through is for that exact reason. If I can sit here today and be this person and be happy and be be like making impact and be successful by whatever metrics other people may have that they need to see. Mm -hmm. And they can recognize that I came from sexual abuse, like being hit with belts by my dad, like, you know, having been cheated on by the, the, my first love and second and like all of these things. And if, if I can go through those experiences and become this person, Mm -hmm. my hope is that, Everybody out there who feels like what they've been through is too hard to move through has a reference point for what's possible. Mm-hmm. Just like you said about that person in that room, if you know that one person has done it,
0: yeah, now it becomes it, possible.
1: It's, it is now
0: possible. A four-minute mile. It's the equivalent of that on an emotional level, one hundred percent where would you say is like the, the blue ocean of your, of your growth at this point? Like, where's your edge right now? And I, and I can, you know, I'll give you a second to think about it. My edge is that I've moved from, I think I've spent a lot of my career and time and energy essentially becoming incredibly good at intellectually processing things. Mm -hmm. Um, And now I'm in the, I would say in 2019, end of 2018 2019 began the transformation of my of my um emotional processing of things mm-hmm. and for a minute I was confused through the lens or I was kind of
1: you said end of 2019
0: to the end of 2018 and the beginning of the all of 2019 all of 20- okay yeah Got it. so basically when you and I met I was like in the first deep dive of okay there's my brain has gotten me so far, but now yeah. I cannot, I <laughs> cannot go further in my impact, and everything I share is just not going to land, even though I have all the different tools and I know all the hacks, as you know, mm-hmm. of like what it takes to gain attention online. And so I've actually spent almost all of 2019 not scaling my content. And people ask me like all the time, they're like, well, "Wait a second, you're the guy who knows how to scale all this stuff. Why aren't you doing it?" And I'm like, "Because right now I'm in the I'm in the dojo." I'm making the content, which is important for me to build that consistency, but I'm in the dojo of, of attaching my emotions into that content in and of itself, mm-hmm. right? And for me, I learned, or I, I... The way it was communicated to me for a long time was, you're feminine, you have to be in touch more with your feminine. What I've recognized is, I actually am very much in touch with my feminine in, in, in many ways, mm-hmm. uh, and I actually use my EQ a ton, but I don't bring that forward. It's not the way I present myself. It's not the way I've shown up in certain ways. And certain people in certain situations have led to my transformation of that, right? like just recognizing that even though it might be irrational that somebody just needs words of affirmation, even though I'm giving them every other love language in that moment, right? Like I'm hugging you, I'm saying all the things, all the thing, everything I'm doing with my actions, for example, everything Mm -hmm. I'm gifting is, is pointing in that direction, but without the words somehow doesn't land. I'm realizing I can, I can tap into something so much more powerful than what my mind is capable of. Mm -hmm. Um, which is that emotion, which is that authenticity. Um, because authenticity is a strategy vulnerability is a strategy. It's like, look on, look on Facebook. Now, everyone's trying to do these long ass posts to just fill up their coaching program. <laughs> and like, we're all guilty in some way, shape or form. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to say guilty from the perspective of doing it. We, we've all done it in some shape, way, shape or form. I just believe that some people, including myself have done it from a position of strategy rather than a position of like authenticity in my well, experience. Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so my experience of you is that I really truly believe that everything you are doing is from a place of authenticity. Um, and it's not to say that you don't have strategy behind it. It's not to say, um, that you're not conscious of the fact that, you know, the the impact that it has in in another way or the impact it can have to your wallet or whatever it is. But where would you say your edge is on that? Because I'm as I'm breaking through on these different pieces, I know that my impact in this way, and in the way I think you create as well in some way, shape, or form, is going to start really being felt, not just not just seen. There's a difference between what I can do to get it seen, but felt. What's what's your edge at the moment?
1: Within authenticity or just in general? Just
0: in general. Where where like where are you feel like, oh, I'm butting up against a wall here? So you, for example, earlier you mentioned sometimes I have a resistance to doing breath work. I don't know why, right? Mm -hmm. I I feel similarly, but that's not an edge that I'm like going, I'm actively working on or exploring Mm -hmm. at this moment. I just don't, it's not my priority at this moment to figure out how I can do a fire breath for an extra 10 minutes a morning or whatever it is, right? (laughs) So, and and I've I've gone there. I mean, legit, I've had Wim Hof sleep in my bed we brought him to Montreal and we did a Wim Hof training on the and mountain you, what, here in Montreal. got him drunk and just wanted to sleep he, with him? I didn't get him drunk. He got himself <laughs> drunk. Uh, he's a, like, he's a, cuddle, you want to cuddle with him? <laughs> no, no, I didn't cuddle him. with him. I gave him my room. And, and yeah, totally, I literally gave him my room and oh, we hosted him. It's a way him. better
1: story to leave it like you
0: cuddled, <laughs> cuddled him, <laughs> just him. Leave him. it vague, yeah. No, but uh, so, so, for example, at that point, my conquering of cold actually happened in that moment. Like, I can live in Montreal because I, I don't fear the cold anymore. And it's a huge, like, for me, it's a huge benefit. Um, There's lots of competitive advantages that come with that, both strategically, but it's also my hometown. And that's really why I'm here, right? So if I really tap into it, it's not just a strategic thing. I'm here because I love it. Where's your edge that you're deconstructing
1: right now? I mean, I got a couple. Okay. I got a couple. Um, One is, let's go with the biggest one, I think, right now, Mm -hmm. is women. (laughs) Mm. I'm single for the first time in over 11 years. Wow. Wow. And the last, like, the breakup happened, um, like, the breakup happened in, I think, September. So it was, like, three months ago. And in that three months since the breakup, there was, like, this back and forth, like, is this the right thing or whatever. It literally wasn't until the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Like, the end of the year, which was, what, like, three weeks ago that I actually said, you know what? I'm letting this go. I'm not going back to this thing. This is the decision that I get to make in order to move forward mm-hmm. right and um so in for only three weeks since that decision, and like I said, to this morning, full transparency for whatever reason, I dreamed about her last night, and this morning I woke up and could not get back to sleep, and I was like, what is i what am I doing like, what <laughs> what the hell is this and um. And so, I'm single for the first time mm-hmm. in my entire adult life, and committed to being single for mm-hmm. the first time. Not wanting to have a, another like I don't want someone I love to come into my experience right now. I don't because it's that. actually
0: easier for you at this point. Well, there's in a, a lot. Way, in a weird way.
1: I said I think I said to you the other day. You know, for eleven years or whatever, I've had a partner. Mm-hmm. And so at least half of my energy has yep. gone into the relationship and the partner. What do they want? What do they want to eat? Where do they want to go? What yep. do they want to do tonight when we, I get home? Yeah. Like it's Some level of
0: compromise or you know co-creation, code decision making.
1: And there's a lot of ROI to that in a lot of ways. And, and I'm so grateful for the ways that I've grown. And I'm curious what it looks like to pour 100% of my energy into me mm. for an extended period of time. And so- that's an edge for like, what does it look like to really own me? And that's been chat like this morning to use that example. I woke up and I'm like, okay. And I took out my journal. And I started writing poetry and and lyrics because I'm stepping into music, which you've heard some of. Mm-hmm. And Amazing by the way. Thank you. And like, I want to make music that plays on the radio, not even the radio, radio that day, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I want to, to make music that is mainstream and, I, and um, make continue to make poetry that I, that expresses. And so I used to be someone that needed to be in a certain creative headspace to create. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of my early poetry was commenting on things that I saw, war, the Dakota Access Pipeline, racism. Like mm-hmm. it was commenting on these things. And now I'm stepping in, what does it look like to actually be in the moment of waking up and being this emotional angst and be able to put that into art in the moment? And so that's a big edge for me. Um to to do it. And so that's something I posted about it on Instagram like just yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that's one aspect of how I'm pouring into me. On the other side of it is what does it look like to date? Like, what does it look like to, to meet women? Because I have so I have had so many stories around sexual energy and relationships and different things. For example, being molested at a young age, the story that came up in my head, one of them Mm -hmm. was it is not safe to be the object of sexual desire. So I went my entire life basically not wanting to be sexually desired. I wanted to be appreciated for my intellect. I wanted to be appreciated for my Mm -hmm. talent. I wanted to be whatever, but being sexy, that was not something that I wanted. And so um that is a new thing because in the dating world like you want to be seen as sexy that's that's big so totally. how do i allow myself to move through my internal resistance around that as i do that i had a date yesterday amazing i had a date yesterday and at the end of the date right she just came over and we just hung out and made tea and and just <laughs> talked and whatever and she's a a beautiful woman really interesting um and at the end of it, she she was talking about because um, we had a kiss, we had a kiss. But at the end of it, she said, "You know, I think we want different things. Like, I'm calling in a partner. Like, I want mm-hmm. I want a partnership. And and for me, it feels like to be physical. Uh, I would want I like I want to be physical with someone that I feel like there's a there's a future with. Mm-hmm. And I said. Great, that's amazing that that you have that clarity and that you want that and you totally deserve whatever it is that you you want. And with coming out of relationships, with the amount of travel on my schedule, what what I'm looking for is people who I feel like I have deep connection with that I can be physically intimate with for whatever length of time, wherever I happen to to be and not feel like I'm now obligated to be in relationship. Mm -hmm. I don't have to. FaceTime you every couple days from the road. And then, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't, that doesn't have to be a thing. Mm-hmm and i believe that that's possible i know that that's possible I've it's had, totally possible right yeah. and but like she didn't doesn't want that and mm-hmm. that's okay yeah. don't make that mean anything about me don't make yep. it mean like there's anything wrong with her or that's me or whatever that's where you are
0: at it's where she's at
1: but like those conversation that's the first time i've ever had that conversation that's mm. the first time that i have ever met someone online because it was through a dating app and then invited them over to my place that in in many ways is the first time since I was twenty three years old, that I've had a woman come over to my place. I'm like, is she gonna, am I gonna, am I gonna like what's gonna happen tonight? I don't know. That like aspect of dating since for for over a decade now. I haven't had those experiences and I definitely haven't had them since this level of consciousness, since my spiritual awakening, since whatever. And navigating that in addition to navigating, like, I'm a public figure now. Mm-hmm. I have these things. She found out. When she, she, like, we weren't going to meet up and then she found out my name. I was like, she's like, can I have your name for, save your number or whatever. I gave her my name. And then she realized she had seen my poem. She's like, oh my gosh, I've listened to your poem so many times. All of a sudden she wanted to hang out. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? And, like, the the, the navigation of... Is that totally. bad? I don't know that's bad because the poem's me. It's a part of me, it's part of what I do. So if, you're, really attracted, tra- if you're attracted to that, that's amazing. If you're attracted to my That's success, the point, that's
0: why you made the content in the first place, in be, some way, shape or form. Right,
1: but at the same time, I have a resistance to, I would like you to wanna hang out because of the phone conversation that we've had and the th- things like that. Totally. Not because I'm, I'm this person, which is why I don't put my Instagram attached to my dating profiles. Mm-hmm. But then I have my friends being like, what are you talking about? That's a deeper look into who you are, which, yeah.
0: Which is which is another way of saying it, it, and if you don't, then they're like, Oh, are you hiding something? And right? I'm
1: I'm rambling, but you can yeah. see this this kind of world. The right fact now that you're is rambling is exactly it was it's, about to say it, it is it is that edge of mm-hmm. like I don't actually know how this plays out. Yeah. I don't.
0: Yeah. I, I've I've been dealing with that. So do you know who Sam Coulter is? yeah yeah so sam is a phenomenal uh videographer content creator just absolutely amazing i met him and uh at the end of august and and at an event called triplet and i I just went and showed up it was actually the first event i ever bought for myself as an attendee wow it's the first time i ever paid myself for an just to go to an event thanks for slumming it with the rest of us yeah (laughs) um and and so i um I really respect his art. I really respect his ability in terms of video and all that kind of stuff. But I wanted to kind of know a little bit more where it came from. And it wasn't from his personality. It wasn't from his like ability to speak or move a room through his ability to give a speech, for example. In fact, I, I thought he was a horrible speaker in many ways. Much like Sam. Yeah. I thought oh. you
1: were great. I thought you were good. I want to collaborate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would love to collaborate. I, yeah, and, 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 and it's, and it's going to happen, I know. No, but it, but to to credit him actually mm-hmm. is to his what he told me, and I have this on on camera because uh, I I just vlogged the whole thing because uh, sometimes I'm also filming for no particular reason, but I know I'm going to do something. You were like
1: fanboying, it. don't lie. You were one hundred percent fanboying. fanboying
0: yeah. yeah, of course. Um, I went there to meet these awesome people, right, and build connections, do this stuff. But from an emotional level, what he what he told me was, you know. At that time, his latest video was uh, his Hey Tim video, which is about his brother who died. And he's almost like, it's almost like a writing to his brother who's been dead for five years, right? That's the, the premise of the video. And he says, for six months, I didn't see anyone. He's like, I just, I lived like an opposite life. Like I was up all night and slept all day. And I was like in a form of isolation. And in that time, I was able to put enough time into the craft. And throughout that trip, he like literally showed us the process of what it took for him to make like a three, like a one second transition, but the amount of like that he've spent like five, six hours on that one transition in that one moment of the video. That is the wow factor. It is the difference of why his videos stand out more than the next person. And he's like, none of that is possible without my, my balance between collaboration and isolation. And what I've started to realize is it's less just on a, on a, on a, let's say a relationship from a, man-woman perspective, but my relationship with others is that I've been in a form of collaboration for so long. Even in relationships, not the same relationship in the same way that you dated somebody for 10 years, but I've been in a relationship for a long, long, long time too. And so there's been very small periods of time that I'm single and there's even less periods of time that I'm isolated. Mm -hmm. And for the first time ever in this particular spot, the story story, even though there's lots of collaboration and lots of energy coming in and out, It's actually the time I spend the most amount of time isolated. Like I legit had no plans yesterday and I had legit no plans today. And you just so happen to be in town and, and, you know, obviously I've made some plans are going to go to the spa and stuff, but the idea of again, creating space for me seems to be coming up more and more and more. And I think meditation is like a way of doing that in the micro, but understanding when I should, when should I be like public? and be like out there and kind of collaborating? And when should I be like inside and not only looking inside of my own self, but just creating in a different way, spending more time mastering the craft, both from an intellectual level, but also from an emotional level by just putting in the time, the hours mm-hmm. and creating the space. Mm-hmm. So, you know, shout out Sam for, for I think the the brilliance that you shared with me there, because it's still sticking with me. Um, and I think it it plays out in many levels and that's what I'm hearing with you when it comes to the relationship side of things.
1: Yeah. I, I think about this. I was in a 10 year relationship after we broke up. I hired cameramen who followed me around the world for a year, (laughs) Mm -hmm. literally with the instructions of the more intimate, the more uncomfortable, the more raw it feels, put a camera on it. So no privacy, uh, was, got into another relationship for a year with a woman. Um, Who began traveling with me? We like lived together on the road, basically, Mm -hmm. and so um, I haven't had my like living on my own at all, Mm -hmm. like my pretty much my entire life, Mm -hmm. and so I have never, for example, paid rent in a space that is just purely mine, Mm -hmm. and so yeah, this is my my first experience with that too. yeah. Yeah, and so the other day. Um, <laughs> let's go back to this date. I just continue with the relevancy of the now. Um, we were on a Facetime call, and I was like, "Oh yeah, well, what are you doing tonight? You want to hang out?" Mm-hmm. And she went, uh, "Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like," and, and it was this thing, and I was like, "Oh," I, I, she's like, "Yeah, yeah, let's do it." And I went, "No." <laughs> <laughs> if you're I not mean, a fuck no, yes, yeah, I was fuck like, no. I, you, "This is how I operate. You don't yeah. understand. Like, mm-hmm. if you're not excited, mm-hmm. I don't want to." I don't want it. I don't want to exactly. hang out. And um, so we, and she's like, well, no, it was, th-, and then we ended up getting off the phone and then she followed up with a text message. Mm-hmm. And later when she came over, she said to me, you know, you don't know someone's circumstances. Like when you invited me, I was thrown off of like being put on the spot and my past experiences. And there's been, you know, issues in the past of like fears and different things come up. So, She's like I I was excited but it just looked different. Yeah. And it was really that that was something she said to me that I t- I took to heart and I went, "Okay, you are 100% right. I made an assumption that because it didn't look the way I I wanted, wanted it, it to, to. look mm-hmm. that you weren't excited and therefore I was like, "Okay, but deeper than that, what I was actually happy about was I was totally cool not I didn't need her to come over and hang out. I would have I would have done a bunch of things and and this is what people is something important that I'm glad is coming up because I want to, I'm speaking about this more and more, which is I don't know if people really understand how much time I pour into becoming the person that that I am Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last week, I woke up in just the worst space and I didn't know what it was. Before I turned on my phone, I had done four hours of self-love for myself. In various ways, that looks like stretching, that looks like um, dancing, that looks like meditating, looks like journaling. I'd spent two hours writing poetry. By the way, what that two hours looked like was I probably had about 16 lines written after the end of two hours. Mm-hmm. And that's very little in, in like quantitatively. And I was stoked. I was so excited about those lines of poetry. Yep. And then I spent 45 minutes talking to a friend because I was really frustrated because I didn't know where to take it. I didn't know if this should be a song. Does that mean I need to change how I'm writing it? Should I be thinking about melody now? Like, what do I do? Mm -hmm. He's like, just write. Like, just let it come out however it comes out. And I was like, thank you for that reminder. But it's funny to see how one moment I'm thrilled where people would be like, you only wrote 16 lines in two hours. And then the next perspective. Yeah, it's all perspective. And, but the, the point is, that I gave myself those those four hours. And then that evening, I'm watching hours of interviews with like Kendrick Lamar and uh, Pharrell and just <laughs> all of these different things about how do I... I want to know what their creative process is like. I want to understand how they view this so that I can learn from people who are great. I take masterclass. I've taken masterclass with Timbaland, Christina Aguilera. I'm in business negotiations right now. I found out there was a master. They advertised it to me. There's a masterclass on negotiating. Mm -hmm. And I went, what? Great. And I started that and I'm watching that. And, and like, I, in order to be great, at whatever it is. And right now, what I desire to be great at is using art to help people love themselves more. And in order for me to do that, I need to understand how to love myself more. Mm -hmm. And I need to understand how to create art. Mm -hmm. And so those two things are where I pour my energy and my attention into. And I know you're the same way. Like, if you want to get good at something, you want to be great, you get to study it. You oh. get to pour time and energy into it. And so when people ask me, well, I feel like I'm I'm in this depression this anxiety and I'm just like, I don't love myself. And I'm like, what did you do today to love yourself? Great. What did you do today to love yourself more? And they mm-hmm. usually have like a, well, I like blah blah it's like a thing, they're not sure. And I'm like, great. You weren't intentional with that. Mm-hmm. You're trying to find something that you can say you did. But you weren't intentional. Like this is what I'm doing to love myself more. Yeah. And two, it's like five minutes. Yeah. It's five minutes. Great. How much time did you spend on social media today? What is your average screen time on that report oh. that you get? What is it? And tell me that what your priorities are. How yeah. deeply do you actually want to love yourself more? If it's five minutes when you're spending three hours on social media? Yeah. Totally.
0: It, it, it's I boil everything down to the ability to manage your time is probably the most powerful way that you can express your intention, like, like the most tangibly, right? Like we can speak all day about all the transformation we want to make the impact we want to have, but what you spend your time on is the drastic change. And, and like, I love, I, I, I see myself in you in so many ways, and I appreciate you for the time that you do put into it. And I, and I know that that's true right? Like, man, I'm even watching a TV show right now. That's like, it's called Mad Men. It's about essentially sales guys, marketing kind of thing, but the behind the scenes of the office of that thing. Honestly, I watched the whole first season. I don't really like it yet, but I'm now I'm choosing to watch. I decide I'm going to start the second season and to only watch it from the perspective of like, how are they telling me this story? What, mm. what don't I like about this? What's landing? What do I like about it? Right? Like even from the the nuance of the camera angles and the sound effects and the way that the story cuts from this thing to that thing. So I'm starting to now process content from a totally different perspective. Mm -hmm. That is, I am watching, and I'm choosing to watch something I find particularly not exciting yet, for the sake of understanding the art of Mm -hmm. what is going on here, and then even trying to understand, man, this show has had nine seasons. Like, people love this show. I fell off on like season six. Sure. what is it that they loved about it? what is what is connecting here? what am i what am i what is the message behind just the content? and here's the the little the little element of it. i mean, i I'm so fascinated with the world in so many ways that that passion then translates into some form of art. And the more clear you become on it, and I think that you're you're demonstrating that, the fact that you could say, this is what I want to do. I want to use art to make people understand how they can love themselves more in and of itself is translating through you powerfully and now out into the world. So with that, what, what would you want to leave somebody with who's listening to this? You know, they, they made it through over an hour of us, um, you know, chatting about different, different ways, different perspectives that we've had, um, and how that's affecting us. Is there anything you'd want to leave somebody with that might want to learn more about you? Anything like that? doesn't have to be mm-hmm. a shout out of any kind, but any, any final thoughts?
1: Well, <laughs> it's what I'll say is that it it is very much a journey. Mm-hmm. It is a journey, it is a never-ending journey. I'm experiencing my own levels of how much I can love myself and expanding those as as we speak. Mm-hmm. And so um I think that it's important to to be supported along the journey. Mm-hmm. And so things like this podcast are really useful. Um, certain books, whatever it is. And so if people have resonated with my particular outlook on things and want more of Adam Roa, Mm -hmm. then, you know, adamroa.com is the place where they can find the books, the album, the poetry, videos, and then, you know, my podcast, The Deep Dive with Adam Roa, and then social media. So that's where they can go. What I would say is to find the things that work for you go hard Mm -hmm. at those things. Mm -hmm. Treat everything that you want to shift in your life as if it is a skill that you can get better at. And if you do that with loving yourself more, with making more money, with creating more impact, whatever those metrics are like, whatever it is, if you actually treat it like something that you can get better at, it'll happen. And the best way that I know how to do that is to learn from others who have have shown a level of, of skill in being able to do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really, really important. And something that I highly encourage people to do is find that, that mentorship and it's never been easier with the internet and social media, it's never been easier for you to find free YouTube videos, free podcasts, Instagram posts, like whatever it is. And so there's no longer any excuse. There is not an excuse for you not having access to change it. And so take ownership of that and and really um, allow yourself the the permission to change your life.
0: Mm. Beautifully said. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you coming on and, And uh, where you can find those links in the description, you know where they are. See you next time.